Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the palatial home studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio, in studio, as per usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hey, everybody, I love you all. Walk, walk, walk with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance is my, through the miracle of telephony, is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? I'm doing well. Hello, my fellow Bible inquisitors. I sort of wonder, though, with all this uh, audio equipment now going through, should we only be saying telephony? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly, it's amazing well, it stuff telephone. That, that this all brings. Yes, it is. We're we're trying a different service uh, right now called uh, Riverside to record the show, uh, which uh, which I forgot to mention the name of is uh, is YWL Online's totally approachable Bible study for all. Absolutely. Um, where we are continuing our journey through the Psalter, starting with Psalm one thirty. But uh, um, yes, uh, we are using all sorts of wonderful things, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it will mean uh, it will mean good and better things in the future for uh, well, for for all the shows that uh, that we do. And uh, um, but uh, you know, we have a lot of material to get through today. Um, definitely, most definitely. But first, I think we have time for a Rudy minute. Waka 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 with the Lord. There's so many things I wait a minute, wait a minute. They're they're applauding. Oh. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> okay, because they love you. Thank you. All. Uh the thing is I hear a lot of uh people say, or even those false teachers, God told me this. God told me that. I think, I, I don't believe that God is telling them because they say things that you cannot disprove. I can't go and say, God didn't tell you that. Well, how do you know? Because he didn't tell me. So why does he talk to everybody else but us here? I don't understand that. I get things from the Holy Spirit that give me, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, Rudy, say this. Sometimes it leads me to something that I do say. It's not nothing that God or something says, Rudy, you say this. I feel that the Holy Spirit or something that catches my, my mind, and I honestly feel that's from God, but he's not telling me, and I don't start off with God telling me because God can be doing playing Kanaska, and I'm doing something else, and he's like, oh, Rudy's on his own right now, and then I'm saying things like that. That's bad. So please remember, when people start saying, God told me, God told you this, he should, have he should tell the whole congregation so everybody can say, oh, yeah, that's right. That's something came to my mind. Well, you know, there is one way to uh, to uh, say if somebody's uh, not speaking from God, and that's if it contradicts the Bible. That's true. That's why we need to know the Bible. That's true. Yeah. So uh, what I'd like to say is, I love you all. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. And remember, there's a lot of false things out there. Have a good day. God bless you. Yes, indeed, there are a lot of false things out there. Um, and that's but, what uh, the yeah, full that's... armor of God is for. It's putting it that on is to, what the full to armor defend of God against those items. 
Because we're yes. not talking about a Hollywood evil type looking devil that comes at us. It is a spiritual uh, weakness, because it is spiritual weakness, that literally comes at us all the time in different forms. And if we're wearing the armor of God by reading the Bible and learning always, then we can stand firm against those things. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, knowing the Bible is the best defense against false teachers and uh, certainly uh, the best defense against uh, the evil that is in the world to keep us from, uh, from going down that path. The producer who is not upstairs at the moment has a phrase uh, for those people who say, the Lord told me that you should, and she has a good phrase <laughs> for it, and I cannot uh -huh. remember what it is at the moment, darn, because uh -oh. it really is a, a, a good comeback for such people. I don't remember if it is, well, let's you and I go forward and do that, because if he's speaking to you, I need to stay close to that. And you have to support it. <laughs> and they'll usually run away at that point. So, yeah. There, but she has a better handling of it than that. Mm. Okay. We'll have to, uh, well, if she comes upstairs or, uh, or maybe we'll just have to ask her about it another time. Exactly. So, uh, so yes. Yeah. Uh, a good uh, a good minute to be sure. So, uh, you ready to get into the song? Sure. Psalm one hundred and thirty is where we will begin. Yes, sir. We're still in the songs of ascents, or uh, or what was the other uh, word for it? degrees? Of degrees. Degrees was the other word for, yes. other word for it. Yes. Stair stepping, as one of my descriptors says. Stair step fashion. Okay. <laughs> Climbing Jacob's ladder. Every rung takes us higher and higher, as the old song goes. Mm. And we want to keep going okay. higher and higher. Just as the people who were walking up to Jerusalem, it being on the top of a mountain. Or at least high in the mountains. Mm -hmm. All right. I have several sure. descriptors of Psalm. So I'll start this time just because. Okay. Uh, it says Psalm 130. Awaiting redemption. A song of ascents. And then I have. A song for worship. And then it says. Trusting the Lord in times of trouble. And okay. my final one for 130 is, it is a lament about Israel's enemies and Israel's future hope. What do you have for 130, Bill? In the uh, Amplified, I have hope in the Lord's forgiving love. And of course, it mentions that it's a song of ascents. In the English Standard, it is, uh, the title is, My Soul Waits for the Lord. In the Berean Standard, it is out of the depths. And uh, in the King James, it is out of the depths, I cried to you. Which basically is the first one. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, let's see. Do you have any others? Nope, that's all I got. Okay, as I said, it's a stair step uh, idea of you know continually growing. I guess is the best way to say that. But the psalmist seeks the Lord and proclaims that God graciously frees people from their sins. And that's in verses mm. 5 and 6. Uh, yep. I wait for the Lord. I wait and put my hope in him. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. Military terms. Mm. Uh, mm. The watchman of the morning is literally while it's still dark. And it's always darkest before the dawn. That's a true statement. It's hard for y'all yep. in Southern California to feel darkness anywhere for all the lights that are out that direction. <laughs> so it's a little that bit hard to comprehend. But the psalmist, and we don't know for sure who it is who wrote it, but it does always seem to say in my stuff, that this time it means David, but I can't prove that. Uh, but it's still the hope and the recognition that God will free them from their sins. I have a nice little note on the depth. because Okay, I, I had you as well. Well, all right, well, let's compare them. Mine says a specific term always indicating metaphorically, of course, or literally a dangerous, even deadly situation or place. Uh, okay. Very different from what well, I have. Please share your The Depth. Well, uh, it's from uh, the Amplified. The footnote says, The psalmist probably used depths figuratively, but the ancient rabbis understood this as an admonition to pray from a low place in elevation as a matter of humility. Looking at it from that perspective, I don't think it means to go down into a ditch to pray or a <laughs> valley. I think it is the physical posture. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know that they followed it that way very long because in the New Testament we have the illustration of the Pharisee and the tax collector at the temple worshiping. Right. And there is certainly yep. nothing about getting down on the ground. And truthfully, the way I envision the temple, especially on the Sabbath, which is probably wrong, by the way. Oops, I lost you. There you are. No, I'm here. Okay. I lost yeah, my I picture went back for, for a, a moment, just letting you be aware. Huh. Uh, anyway, okay. modern day time for Muslim believers at Mecca. People mm -hmm. are always getting trampled to death because it is so mm, crowded. Yeah. I envision that that kind of crowdedness was occurring in Jerusalem at least three times a year on the three mandatory sure. uh, festivals for all male worshipers. So I can see that kind of crowding going on. Uh, and mm -hmm. it would be very dangerous for you to try to get down on the ground, prostrate yourself, 
in prayer because you would get literally trampled. Uh, I know that in the Old Testament, uh, it literally gives uh, the temple description is an entry door and an exit door, almost like they do have a line form for going through. And if I stutter, I apologize. It's because the screen keeps going black and I'm afraid we're getting cut off. But anyway, oh, sorry. those are interesting descriptions of the depth. I also didn't follow totally with the uh, authors I was following in the study Bible because the depths of my soul doesn't sound like a dangerous place. I think it means putting everything out of any consideration except God. Uh, and there we are. All right. Hold on. My bad. That was you? Sorry. I was, I was fiddling around and yeah. Okay. <laughs> trying to uh, trying to prepare for things and uh, and it accidentally went. All right, but so anyway, so the depth of the soul is very important, and it excludes everything else. You know, it's like I am not mentally or thinking about anything else except worshiping God right now. That's the kind of depth of soul. So I don't see that as a deadly mm -hmm. place. So I'm not totally right. sure how to, to phrase that with, with the study Bible. Uh, yeah. But the psalmist and the way it says in this one about awaiting redemption is truly important. you have anything else on 130 that you'd like to discuss, Bill? Uh, yeah, um, that this is the sixth of seven penitential psalms which include Psalm 6, 32, 38, 51, 102, and 143. Of course, uh, penitential uh, meaning, uh, meaning asking forgiveness in a humble way. And uh, um, basically, yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, and that there are seven, six others of, uh, of these. Um, so uh, when you're looking to be penitent, Humble and uh, and seeking forgiveness. These are good psalms to uh, <clears throat> to help you along the way. Okay. <laughs> what are you chuckling about? Just that, that that's nothing. Uh, nothing really at all. Just uh, that that's an interesting point to uh, for the for the commentator. Okay. But it's important for us to again see that people mm -hmm. are going to read the scriptures and come away with different thoughts. And our purpose is to yeah. be able to help people see different thoughts, not just the bill hatches of the world, but uh, to be able to say, wow, that's really different. And this is what I get from it because throughout mm -hmm. our Christian lives, we may read the same verse 20 years apart, hopefully every year, but still, at, you know, at different times, the same story will give us a different understanding. Yes. And so it's really important for us to realize that because we are growing in the spirit. 
And it doesn't mean that the first time we read something, we might get the very strong, absolute meaning, <laughs> important point first. But we should also look to see and find out, oh, there's minor points in here also, or different points that can have very valid effects in how we live and how we act. Yes, indeed. We keep reading. Oh, uh, there was one other. There was one other note. Apparently, this was a favorite of Martin Luther. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I do have favorites in the Bible. It's all right for everybody to have favorites in the Bible, and to see who has other favorites is important. So we can go with that. But now let's move on to 131, a very short psalm. I mean, this one makes the 23rd psalm look (laughs) huge as far as number of words. Uh, Go ahead, Bill. Why don't you do your descriptors first? Okay. Well, in the Amplified, I have childlike trust in the Lord. Which is uh, certainly uh, something that uh, that Jesus told us to uh, to have. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, uh, Psalm one thirty one, uh, or sorry, English Standard Version. I have calmed and quieted my soul. A song of ascents of David. Okay. Uh, the Berean uh, is I have stilled my soul. Uh, as is the King James. Okay. Now that's stilled, not distilled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no alcohol in this one, huh? <laughs> no. All right. Any others? Nope, that's it. What do you got? Well, I got rhythm. No, I don't have rhythm. I have Trust the Lord, a song by David for worship. This one I know in my daily one, it doesn't have it at all. Uh, which bothers me. I have to really reconsider using what I think is an excellent uh, study Bible, a daily walk through the Bible, chronological tour. But it does not have you reading all of the Psalms each year. Uh, They just aren't there in their listing. And so that bothers, that's very bothersome to me. I'm going to have to work on that. Uh, yeah, because yeah. that means, yes, it's legalistic when we say that we are reading through <laughs> the Bible every year. It really is elite, like if if I don't, is God going to strike me down? Well, he's had a couple years with this particular study Bible because there's at least a half a dozen Psalms that they don't have you read through. And that's like shucks. Right. I don't like it. 131 is one of them. But anyway, in my mm-hmm. other reference, my day at my study Bible for the show, it is a childlike spirit, a song of a sense of David. So we definitely have the agreement that David's in here. This one's of David. <clears throat> I also have it says, contentment comes from resting in God. Not in self-seeking. Um, let's see. 
have others, not in conceit, certainly not looking down on others, uh, which we talked about a minute ago with the Pharisee and the tax collector, uh, not achieving high status and not in doing miraculous things. Uh, it's not trying to do all those. It's being humble and a childlike spirit I do like. We're told that in by Jesus himself, that if we are not like little children, we, you know, we're not going to get into heaven, literally. It's a childlike spirit that we must have. And that doesn't mean children who are siblings and showing sibling rivalry, but it's the energy with which children go at things. This last weekend, we got to go to our grandson's fourth birthday. That's the family that was in Indiana and now back in Georgia. Uh, emphasis on back in Georgia. <laughs> But uh, we got to go there for his birthday and tell you what, when it came to uh, excited energy and finding things, presents for me, can I have them? <laughs> he didn't want to wait on any of it. You know, it's that kind of attitude we need to have toward God. Jesus is yeah. a gift for us. And it's a gift that we get through God's grace of our sins freed from us. And so it should be a childlike attitude, spirit that we have. What kind of notes do you have on yeah. 131, Bill? <clears throat> really not. There's not much. Um, it's, uh, it's so short. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, everybody talks about, uh, you know, God giving grace to the humble and, and, uh, uh and things like that. Um, so uh, yeah, not uh, not a whole lot, uh, not a whole lot to surprise. Um, one of them, uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the commentators I was reading uh, um, contemplates uh, whether David is the author or not, or if it could be Nehemiah or even Simon Maccabeus. But uh, um, but yeah, it's just nothing. Uh, um, well, yeah. here's my so, thought uh... on that topic. <laughs> so everyone mm -hmm. now please listen to Bill's opinion. That's all okay. I'll say. What we, we take the Bible literally, it is God's word. The Bible does not just contain yes. God's word, but it is God's word. He inspired multiple, multiple people, especially when it comes to the compiling mm -hmm. of the Psalms themselves. Yes. If it says it's a psalm of David, to me, I do not see any reason to contradict that. It's acceptable. It's in keeping. If they were just writing all of them and trying to give David the credit for all of them, they'd say a psalm of David on all these that are not accredited to anyone. So I don't well, think it's, you know, an intentional taking of Psalms and saying, well, they're all from David because they aren't. But right. the fact that they leave so many un 
authored, anonymous, that's it, anonymous. I don't mm. think there's anything <laughs> wrong with saying, all right, this one says of David. Why not? Mm-hmm. David certainly. Yeah, no, why not at all? David certainly had the joy of dancing his way up the up to Jerusalem with the ark when he found out how to do it. Uh, first time, not so much. He was literally afraid of the ark the first time mm-hmm. when someone was struck down for touching it, for improper. Right. Uh, Improper transport of the ark. That's it. Um, but that's the way I feel about all the Psalms. If it says it's of David, fine. If it says it's of the sons of Korah, that's fine. None of those are contrary to the scriptures themselves. And because we know that some of those descriptions literally, you know, go back in time we have that opportunity to say, well, they were closer to the original source and they did do copying after copying of things at different times. Mm -hmm. So why not let it be a Psalm of David (laughs) as compared to why why argue about it? But that's the way I feel. Yeah, there there really doesn't seem to be any. No, and I think I've run on too far about the topic already. (laughs) Psalm 132. Psalm 132. Uh, I'll start this time. And sure enough, it starts off. Okay. David and Zion Chosen, a song of ascents. And then I have a song for worship. The Lord is always with his people. Doesn't talk about David at all on that one. And then over here I have 132 recalls David bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem and reaffirms the Davidic Covenant. Yay! Uh, David, (laughs) not David, David. We will have some... Your turn. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, in the Amplified, I have prayer for the Lord's blessing upon the sanctuary. And in the English Standard, I have the Lord has chosen Zion. In the Berean Standard, uh, it's also the Lord has chosen Zion. Mm-hmm. And in the King James, it's remember David and all his affliction. Yep. Um, let's see, uh, the commentary uh, says uh, the author and occasion are not specifically mentioned. Um, let's see, however, the bringing of the tabernacle to Jerusalem in David's time seems likely. Uh, further, Simon Solomon's quote of verses 8 through 10 in his dedication of the temple in Second Chronicles 6, 41 and 42 makes that time probable. Huh? Um, let's see, Psalm 132 has strong historical implications with regard to the Davidic covenant and pronounced messianic and millennial overtones. Essentially, this psalm contains the nation's prayers for David's royal descendants, which look ahead even to the Messiah. Yes. And I tell you what, that's that's a good one right there, is that this is one of the 
uh, Psalms that really goes forward to reaching Jesus. Uh, it has messianic implications, as my as yes. my study Bible says. <laughs> but the author reveals David's commitment to build a house for God. Uh, two petitions for God to act uh, graciously toward David, and that's a reference to spiritual clothing closes out the uh, final section, but even in other sections as well. I personally think that this may be one that is more Solomon-type rather than David. It's giving glory to David, as it were, to the covenant that God right. and da gave to David that the house or the temple of the Lord will be built and that David's family line will continue the kingdom, uh, you know, leading the kingdom, that is. <laughs> and, yeah. and as you said, quoting verses 6 through 8, sure sounds like uh, Solomon, that maybe this psalm is all about from Solomon wanting everything to continue under his family line. Uh, yeah. We as Christians, and yes, we can use Matthew 1 and Luke 3 as reference points for the genealogies of Jesus. Solomon had four brothers. And then he had several other half-brothers. These are all listed in Chronicles. Point being is that the promise from God was that it would be through David's line. Yeah. And one, let's see, I believe it's Luke does not list Solomon, but in a different mm. brother, and his name escapes me at the moment, uh, to show that God can use, you know, didn't have to use Solomon. And Solomon certainly lost a lot of his oomph when he started building temples for his wives, uh, gods with little g's but he was also offering right. sacrifices to those gods. And, you know, that's horrendous to know that after all the things he had seen and heard from God personally, that he started worshiping others as well, because they have no impact at all. All right, let's see. I also... Now... That's all I have for 132, um, I think. Okay. Um, verse 11 is cited in Acts 2.30, verse 30. So, uh, um, and that's, uh, uh, that is, uh, the Lord swore an oath to David, a promise he will not revoke. One of your descendants I will place on your yes. throne. And, uh, um, yeah, so, uh, so read, uh, read Acts 2.30. And uh, and learn more about how it's used in the New Testament. There's also a lot of reference that is hard for us to understand today about Zion, meaning Jerusalem. We have uh, you know the point that will the New Jerusalem come down on top of the old Jerusalem? Will it come down and what? 
Joplin, Missouri, like the um, Mormon church tries to propose. Uh, mm. I know it's here in Missouri. I don't remember if it's Joplin. I'm pretty sure, although it's a local call from Poplar Bluff to heaven, uh, I don't think heaven's coming <laughs> down in Missouri. There's, It's just a fun little story on that. That's, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> too far of a rabbit trail. Remind me sometime and I'll share it online for, <laughs> or here on the show for folks. Okay. But for right now, it's... Okay. Definitely going forward and saying we trust that God knows where the new Jerusalem will be. It will come down in a power and force that is just going to knock everybody's socks off, or worse for those who don't believe in the Lord. Uh, that it's come. What about those who don't wear socks? <laughs> only, only old guys, I think, wear socks with sandals. I don't. <laughs> uh, other old guys, yes. Let's move on to 133 before I dig a hole I don't want to or can't get out of. <laughs> Take it away, right. 133. Okay, um, I've got the, uh, in the Amplified, The Excellency of Brotherly Unity, A Song of Ascents of David. And uh, in the English Standard, I've got When Brothers Dwell in Unity. In the Berean, uh, it is How Pleasant to Live in Harmony. And it cites 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 17, and Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. And then the, uh, the King James is, uh, how is, again, How Pleasant to Live Together in Unity. And cites the same uh, the same passages from the New Testament. Okay, I have "Living in Harmony," a song of a sense of David. I have also a song for worship, "Living Together in Peace." In one, hmm. and over here I have nothing. <laughs> That's one of the ones that's not in, in my study one. Um, all right. Oneness among God's people brings genuine delight, is what I have. Mm. And <laughs> not sure how I want to say it. But okay. all of verse 2 gives me a cringy feeling. I know it's a physical <laughs> mind picture for the people of that time. I'm glad it doesn't happen mm -hmm. now. But it has to do with the anointing of the high priest. And it goes back right. to the time of Aaron, but it's anointing his head with oil and literally pouring it so it comes and dribbles down on you know the face and the beard. <laughs> and it's just like, <clears throat> give me a break, uh, especially if he was already in the priestly garments. And I can't really find right. that 
I think he is was in that, and it's like, who would want to spill oil onto the priestly garments of those days? I mean, it's just hard to envision uh, that that would happen each year at the Day of Atonement when the priest would have to not only do uh, his sacrifice for his own sins, but also the sacrifice for the people. He would go into the Holy of Holies, and I can't see him going in with dirty robes, and I wouldn't want to be the minor other priest who had to clean that robe afterwards if it included oil stains. But it just gives me cringe. But what David does here also is he compares it to the dew of Mount Hermon, which is a little hard for us to fathom because we normally think of Israel as being part of that semi-arid desert region. But Here's some information that I hadn't realized or I've forgotten. Mount Hermon, the one that talks about the dew from it, it is 9,200 feet high. It stays snow-capped all year long. And wow. therefore, it is continually supplying. Uh, it even says that it is a major source of the Jordan River. That one really boggles my mind but it's there in the in these notes uh so we have that kind of dew meaning the watering of the land that comes from mount herman because it's snow covered year round uh at least it was several years ago i don't know with drought conditions the global mm -hmm. climate warming uh, it may not be that way anymore. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, but still, we have living in harmony as the point, and we can be content right. if we are worshiping God. We should be content because we know certainly, unlike them, we don't have to even consider worshiping other gods with little g's. But, you know, Jobs is very close to that with a little J, not Job the man, but we get to the point of, I have to do this to make more money to live comfortably. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not what we're all supposed to be focusing on, but we do need to try to focus on being content with God because heaven's coming for each and every one of us. Yes, it is. Well, Hopefully, for each and every one of us. <laughs> well, of course, uh, you know, judgment is coming for each each and every one of us. That's for sure. Um, but uh, those who uh, are clothed in Christ's righteousness will uh, be found not guilty of our sins and uh, given entrance mm -hmm. into heaven. While those who lack that protection will uh, find their so find themselves in the other place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what it is, and it's open and available yeah. for everyone, but not everyone chooses it. But the blessings are that supposed to true. flow down like the oil on Aaron's head and the dew from Mount Hermon. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of, uh, a okay, couple of notes. Please. 
um, here. Uh, let's see. Um, one uh, says the occasion for this Davidic psalm is unknown. Perhaps it was prompted by the nations coming together and in unity at David's coronation. Its teaching on fraternal unity would have been instructive to David's sons who were antagonistic toward one another, e.g., uh, example given, exemplia gratis. Uh, Absalom murdered Amnon in 2 Samuel 13, 28-33, and Adonijah tried to preempt Solomon's right to the throne in 1 Kings 1, 5-53. Um, let's see, uh, uh, one of the commentators uh, says uh, that the brotherhood is not really the um, the the main point of the psalm of the psalm that instead it is the blessing that rests on Zion um, and uh, um, which is the uh, center the political and religious center of uh, of Israel and uh, um, and says that that indeed is the uh, is the subject. Okay. So uh, so an interesting uh, an interesting alternative look at uh, um, at Psalm one thirty three. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's all I got. Well, that's alternate views again. We have the different points that people want to mm -hmm. think about. What's important to the mm -hmm. author or the commentator at the time, and what was yeah right. the author as compared <laughs> to the current commentators, and it's still up to us as individuals. Because we see mm -hmm. things in our own perspective always. Now it's important not to go, not to go crazy with uh, with this uh, self interpretation. Yes. Um, there's a there's a reason why we use uh, why we use uh, different uh, um, different commentators and uh, and whatnot, and that's to uh, when we're doing the study. Um, when we're preparing for the uh, for the show, is because um, we want to be grounded, and uh, um, you know, there's an old saying: we stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, we don't need to redo what's uh, what's already been done. Um, you know, centuries upon millennia ago, uh, <laughs> um, people allegorized everything in the Bible and said, this is talking about that. And this is talking about this other thing. And this is representative of this person. And, and this is representative of that. And, and, uh, and that's just going crazy with the, uh, with the, the interpretation. Yes. And uh, thankfully uh, theologians have uh, generally stopped doing that, at least respectable ones. Um, I know, uh, I know some, uh, um, some of the false teachers, uh, still do that. Um, what was the one that uh, that that one lady was uh, was allegorizing the other day? Uh, um, something white. It was the uh, no no no. It was uh, Jake's Jake's daughter. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, T D Jake's. He's uh, a he's a conference. prosperity teacher. Which one? It was at a woman's conference. Right. Right. Um, but it, it made it onto uh, onto YouTube. It was she was allegorizing the parable of was it was the parable of the lost sheep. 
That was what it was. Saying that it was about your lo- your your lost and dying dreams and that Jesus is here to to resurrect your dreams and and uh and put you back on uh, on your best path and uh and that's just not what it but means. what her her main thing was saying you're a strong woman she right. was saying that you're a strong woman and that you uh kind of sounded like you don't need god god already mm-hmm. put the strongness in you that's what yeah. they were sounding like but uh um, but yeah so definitely watch out know your bible um know your history and uh and your biblical meanings and uh and uh, you'll do well uh, to uh, to stay away from uh, from those who are trying to lead you astray, um, and uh, um, yeah. So uh, so don't go too crazy with the uh, with the yeah with the um, <laughs> with the interpretation. And with that said, or uh, or let your preachers. Go and with far. that said, we go to Psalm one thirty four, which is very directed. And mm-hmm. it is uh, well. Let's start with the with the, with the different titles. Call to evening worship, a okay. song of ascents. That's okay, isn't it? And then yep. I have over here in small print, or at least it's getting harder. A song for worship, praising the Lord at night. Still going all right, and calls okay. on the priest to bless the Lord. And that is very much, sorry, jumped again. That is very much how this is directed. Just as reminder to all of our folks, you had the temple building at the time of Solomon. The time of David, it would have been the ark and maybe the tabernacle. We don't know. I mean, it had to be in something. It probably was still in the tents but with the temple itself. So we'll go from there. You have the courtyard around the temple. That's where all the people went to worship. Inside the temple, you had the Holy of Holies that the high priest could only go into once a year. And then you had the holy place. That was called the Holy of Holies. This is the holy place where only the priests were allowed to go. So we can see that as one of, yeah, as my study Bible said, the night shift is on duty. This is a call for them to lift up hands in the holy place and bless the Lord when nobody else is necessarily looking. That's that seriously, (laughs) they could never see them in the first place. And there were times that the priest would go in with the prayers of the people and the incense offering. But nothing about that, you know, at night. It's amazing that we don't see that, but it's still there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this is a reminder for them that if they do their job at night, praying to God in the holy place, they will receive blessings from God, who, in fact, is right there on Mount Zion with them. Uh, As we all know today, God is with us all the time. 
in everything that we do. Sometimes that seems a little awkward to comprehend, but it's still the <laughs> point that God is with us, in us, through us, around us. And like those priests on the night shift, I think if they made that as a title, it would really be striking. <laughs> Not just evening, but night shift, folks. They're supposed to, the priests are supposed oh. to be praising and praying to God throughout. Mm -hmm. I know there have been. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I have in the Amplified, uh, in the Amplified, my title is Greetings of okay. Night Watchers. So, uh, so a little bit of. Uh, a little sure. bit of recognition there for the uh, for those at night. Hmm. For some reason, I can't get Bible. It's, to, uh, to it's in verse two where it says, uh, "In you know, raise your hands in the holy place." And like I said, that can only be to priests. Mm -hmm. This one is really focused. Yeah. Uh, and it's who stand in that Lord's house at night. I do not know. I've seen, you know, pictures of it, but I don't know how accurate it is uh, on how many priests could actually go into the holy place at one time. Well, I can't imagine too many. It didn't seem. It doesn't seem like well, that's that the holy of, of holies, which only took one. But when you look at the altars right. and the lampstand, uh that are inside mm -hmm. the temple in the holy place. It's a little bit more roomier than we might normally account for. There was the table of showbread that was in the holy place. The uh, Sorry. At that point, it was the seven candle menorah. And menorah comes later, but there is the candle yeah, stamp that is made at that time. Right. And there is the altar of incense that are all in the holy place. So it's not real small. And no, well, it's not real small, but I, I don't imagine there's very much room for people. Yeah. And what I meant. Like I said, I uh, don't disagree with you. It's just one of those questions that maybe we'll get an answer to later. You know, but it's fun to see it there. <laughs> But it's, it's, yeah. Yes, ministers, as well as all of us, are supposed to pray. I mean, we're all ministers for Christ now, anyway. And we should be praying to Him regularly, including the nighttime. Um, I have 49 minutes have gone by since we started, Bill. Yeah, we are, we are about there. So, shall we? Um, let me double check and make sure there's nothing. Uh, let's see, no, nothing else in uh, one thirty four that uh, um, that pops up to me. So, yeah. So, uh, um, so this has apparently gone fairly well. We'll see how it goes when I see the uh, when I see the final okay. recording. Uh, <laughs> so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see all that. Um, thank you for uh, for bearing with us. But uh, yes, indeed, we have come to the end of another uh, another set of psalms. 
um, with uh, with 134, right? 134 is our conclusion. And uh, yeah, so we'll start again with 135. a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity. We do this not, sorry, I got a straight, straight pack of hairs on my, on my mustache. <laughs> it's time to shave, um, especially with the 4K. Um, if you've come this far with us, General Inquisitor, perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity. We do this not with sacrifice, because Jesus took care of that, uh, sinlessly being executed on the cross uh, for out for the redemption of our sins and, uh, um, and rising uh, from the dead so we uh, can, uh, can get into heaven. Um, you know, in spite of, uh, in spite of what uh, we have earned by our sins, the wages of sin are death. And, uh, um, you know, we don't use magical spells or mystical ceremonies. Uh, the sinner's prayer is not a magic spell. It, uh, requires, it requires a change of heart to be there. You must believe in your heart. The Bible tells us you must believe in your heart and speak with your mouth that Jesus Amen. Christ is Lord, and uh, you will be saved. And uh, um, so uh, the sinner's prayer is not in the Bible, but, it is, uh, but ours is based on biblical principles. Um, and... Uh, you know, the Bible also tells us that all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God. And so whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, um, likelihood is you need to say the sinner's prayer again. Um, most people need it every day, uh, some people more often than that. But uh, it's a way to realign your heart with that of the Lord and, uh, um, you know, and get things back, uh, back to going where, uh, where you should be. And uh, so we invite you to say the sinner's prayer with us. And uh, you can use your own words as long as you uh, stick to the right principles. And remember that you're giving your heart and life over to the Lord. So, uh, so here we go. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse, Cleanse me of me my, wickedness. my wickedness. Show me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Show me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And teach me how to love and my neighbor as myself. teach me to better love my neighbor as myself. Guide my steps along the path you would have Continue me take. Continue guiding my steps along your path. <laughs> Help me to do the work for the you have for me for the building. Help me of your to do kingdom. the work that you have still for me in your kingdom. Come into my heart and be the Lord and Remain Savior of my in life. My heart, be my Lord and Savior. All these things we pray in Jesus' holy All name. These things Amen. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And uh, there we have it. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the family.
Um, go out and find yourself a, uh, a nice uh, midweek service, uh, depending on when this actually gets uploaded. Uh, <laughs> it shouldn't be hard to find yourself a Bible-believing church with a Bible-preaching pastor and a, uh, and a bunch of... I'm sorry, I moved again. Um, and uh, find yourself a bunch of, uh, of strong Christians to help you figure out what your next steps are going to be. Um, because that's important, because this isn't the end of your journey. No, this is the beginning. And then once you've got that all figured out, come back here and watch some more some In more fact, shows. once you have that figured um, out, come on back to the, the show and share it with us, because we can use all we can get. That's right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, always feel free to communicate with us. Uh, you can, uh, um, you can uh, comment here, and uh, they should tell us. Um, uh, that you've made a comment so I can see it. Uh, you can send us private messages. To, uh, I definitely see what uh, what people post and send to me on Facebook. Um, you can find us as YWL Online. And uh, um, we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, so, uh, so definitely. But uh, um, this Thursday on Not Quite After Midnight, I will be interviewed. I will have on the, uh, um, on the old... Uh, Mini roundtable. Uh, I will have a musician and author named Uma Ojeda, um, and uh, she's got some original songs and true, uh, true adventure love stories. Perfect for Valentine's Day, is what she wrote. <laughs> and uh, then also Randy Lee Boslaw is scheduled to be on. She's a uh, an author, YouTuber, and mental health advocate. And of course, we have a, uh, a place in our hearts for uh, for mental health. Uh, uh, concerns and uh, those who, uh, who go about doing it. And then uh, on Saturday, come back here for YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday, where we will be concluding, hopefully, our look at First Peter 2 through 4 as part of Dr. John Barnett's 52 Greatest Chapters of the Bible. And it'll actually be uh, chapter we'll be 3, verse 8, where we pick up where we left off from. Three verse eight is where we pick up. Yep. yep. So, uh, so read uh, the rest of the chapter three and chapter four, and uh, then uh, return here on Tuesday for uh, for another episode of YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All, where we will be continuing our journey through the Psalms with Psalm one thirty five. So go ahead and read one thirty five through like one thirty nine, one forty, somewhere around in there. That should be uh, that should be enough to uh, right. get us through. One thirty-five's got a little bit of length to it, so uh, definitely, uh, um, definitely, we'll want to tackle that together. And uh, I believe, other than that, oops, I forgot where I was. Uh, <laughs> I believe that is all for today. Uh, do you find gentlemen have anything else to say to the nice people? Please love each other and love God more than you ever can love anything. I love you all. Walk, walk, walk with the Lord. And I will share with you as I close God's blessing, of course. But that's this broadcast is coming from the iced in snow area of Poplar Bluff, Missouri. I mean, it snowed <laughs> and it iced over so badly that when I put trash out, I did not leave an imprint in the snow. 
I also, praise the Lord, oh, didn't wow. fall over, slide all around. Yeah. But it is iced over something yeah, fierce. That would have been a bad thing. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, be careful out there. Be safe. I'm going to stay home. And uh, God's blessings. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, God's blessings from Santa Ana, California. Uh, be safe out there. Uh, remember to wash your hands and watch the closing can, credits. Can I say something? Sure. Please pray for the people who have lost through violence of uh, police brutality. Mm. Pray for the people and hopefully help them be healed. Mm -hmm. Yes, pray for all the people, both uh, both uh, people who are in the in the uniform and those who are not, um, who may be affected by uh, by yeah. police actions. Um, but uh, um, pray for uh, pray for the cops too, because uh, they certainly can use all the help they can get. We all need all the help we can get. So uh, absolutely, uh, our military are. Police, people around the world need Jesus. And with Jesus, yes, we do. do not have to fear what happens down here because of what we have for eternity. Do not fear the one who can harm the body. Destroy the one who can, uh, who the can destroy the soul. Yep, eternally. All right. Well, uh, remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the ending credits. Let's see, see if uh, if this works. Okay. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd like to thank my co-host, my beloved father, Chaplain Bill Hatch, and my beloved Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Yes! Support the show if you feel so led over on Patreon.com. We're known as Bald Spots Pro. There are some interesting ways to support the show over there. Yes. And uh, don't you dare miss Not Quite After Midnight. We can be found on Facebook and uh, wherever fine podcasts are offered. Yes. Please like, comment, and share to stay informed. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you got to do to kick that algorithm into gear and help us find uh, more people, reach more people. And, uh, um, of course, if you or someone you know needs support now, call or uh or text 988 or chat 988lifeline.org. That's uh, the suicide crisis hotline here in the United States. Okay, that's definitely different. Mm -hmm. um, oh, okay, there is a loop. There is a button to loop it. So, so I'll have to remember that for next time. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, thanks again for, uh, for tuning in. And uh, have yourselves a wonderful whenever. God bless.